you know, my father being who he was when he got wind of it, you know, I tried to back out of it. I said, nah, I'm not. Pops, you know, and again, that's probably, that's probably one of the life lessons. I look back now, mm. it's one of the life lessons that kind of taught me a few things about just one, trying to, trying to say what you mean. Absolutely. Right? And mean what you say, right? What makes the journey worth it? The pain, the adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold the individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson. This is Serendipity. Hey guys, welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. Today's guest, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a Los Angeles Laker assistant coach. It's Phil Handy. Can't wait to get into it. Phil, how you doing, my brother? Inky, what's going on, fam? How are you? Man, I can't call it. I'm great. I'm great, man. First and foremost, I want to say thank you for your time, man. I greatly appreciate it. Nah, man, Inky, I've... Uh... I'm a big fan of your work, man, and just having followed you on Instagram now for a couple of years, just your message, your story. You know, so I'm, I'm always wanting to link up with like minds, man, and just learn more about people to where, you know, I can continue to grow, man. So I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Man, I heard you say something in, uh, in Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes' podcast that resonated a lot with me. You know, all the smoke, you said 2020 was one of the best years for you in terms of just personal development and growth, you know, and I felt the same way personally, but would you mind just elaborating on that? Because we know y'all won the championship that year with the Lakers, but just from a personal standpoint, you know, what made you talk about that? Yeah, I think um, for me, it was more about just, just my own individual time, you know, so being a coach in the NBA, man, we, we don't get a lot of time. You know, we we uh, we we miss out on our family. We miss out on our friends. We miss out on on so many other things. And then life is just what it's just constantly going. We don't stop. And for me, like that was the first time Inc., in in 20 years, man, wow. that I've sat still and did nothing. Wow. And it was wow. like it was like the best thing that could have happened to me because I was able to just like really let the world around me stop and just kind of understand how much time I had away from, you know, my siblings, my family, and just friends. Mm. And really just kind of brought me back to center of saying, man, you know, life is it's more than basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than basketball, man. And it was it gave me an opportunity to uh, to actually sit with myself, mm. learn some things about myself that I like that I didn't like, uh, see some things about myself that I didn't really that didn't necessarily like and and I really didn't have nowhere to go. So I had to address address those things internally and, and figure out just what's important, man, in, in life. And it's really about relationships that you have with people, um, the people that you're close to. And just, you know, understanding that basketball is just a game. And so I had opportunity to really just to have some personal growth, man, and, and kind of refine myself a little bit, you know, which which I hadn't been able to do in many years. Yeah, man, that's that's beautiful and it's interesting you say that because I felt the exact same way, you know, just coming from an athletic background, but also having that spirit that's used to just going, going, grinding, grinding. 
In 2020, yes. you know, I public speak for a living. They closed <laughs> venues. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't, I couldn't go to a venue. I could practice, but I couldn't go to a venue. I could do the virtual space, but it left right. me with a lot of time, man. It just self-assessed values, principles, what's important. You know, had chances to spend with my children, picking them up once they started school back. Yeah. It was beautiful, man, on a personal growth standpoint, man. It was it was incredible. But um, you said something, man, that was that was phenomenal to me when you talked about training, right? Like we see you with your app, 94 Feet of Game. We see you doing different things with the basketball. But you talked about when you first started training, right? And what it did for you, right? When you were helping the kids, man. Can you tap into that a little bit, man? I thought that was incredible. Man, I think um, for me, Inc., the, the, that feeling, man, of just like helping one, a young mind, right? Helping a young Absolutely. mind open their eyes and see the potential that they have. I mean, mm -hmm. to this day, man, I still get chills from it. And it really, it really just left an impression upon me, like, like the value of, of helping somebody else, Absolutely. the value of giving, giving pieces of yourself to somebody else so they can better, you know, have a better piece of their life. Mm -hmm. That's, it's powerful. Inc. And so like that, that first opportunity, you know, I had to work with kids, man. I really didn't, you know, understand what the coaching game was about, but just again, sharing my knowledge, and seeing that knowledge transferred to a young mind and seeing that young mind pick up and understand the concept of what we were working on and then being able to understand how it works and applies Absolutely. all of these different things. And the young mind, like, man, it was powerful for me. And yeah. it just, I left the gym feeling like I did something. Mm. That Feeling like I did something. And, and I, that feeling, man, was just, that's what drives me to this day. You know, that's, that's the part of coaching. That, that I look forward to every day is helping the athletes that I work with. You know, it's, it's not so much the money. It's not the NBA. It's the, the part of being able to tap into these athletes Absolutely. and, again, sharing and serving, right? I look Absolutely. at coaches that we are people that serve the greater needs of the people that are around us, mm. right? We're giving them an opportunity to advance their life in some kind of way, man. So just, just being able to help people improve, uh, helping these players improve their skill to where they can keep taking care of their families, they can keep making making their careers what they are. That's that's the ultimate for me. Yeah, that's strong, man. Like I always say to people, like I feel like one of the most common mistakes we make is thinking where we meet people is where they've always been. And so, you know, Cap mm -hmm. might see you now and look at your career, you know, look at your playing career, look at your coaching career and think, Man, he had to always be that. But when we trace it back to you growing up in the Bay, and I heard you speaking about you know, when you were young, you really didn't play high school, right? You were sneaking out because of your family's religious beliefs. But then you talked about going to the University of Hawaii and how you got there. Like, that was strong. Like, we got something in common. Like, I don't know if you know Aunt Carter, man, that, that went to the University of Hawaii. We grew up yes, in the I same do. neighborhood, man. Yeah. He, he used to sleep on my grandma's couch, man. That's crazy. Yeah, man. we grew up in the same neighborhood, man. And that so is, when he was crazy. at Hawaii, you know what I'm saying? We was back in the neighborhood, like... You know, and doing it, it inspired us. But yeah. that story about you going there and you telling them basically like, man, if y'all could show my man some love, I'll come. But you was really trying to just play him. Could you tap into that story? Yeah. Uh, yeah man, I think for me, like, like, just growing up, like I said, man, basketball, my pops was just oh, so old school. Yeah. And he was really, really built on, right? Look, look, you work for a living, man. Get up, work, take care of your family. You know, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the way you do it. And so 
when I had the opportunity and I and I learned that I, you know, these these colleges wanted to give me scholarships, man. You know, I started double diving around. Well, man, do I want to go to school here? Do I want to go there? And what does this look like? What does that look like? I mean, you know how the recruiting process oh, is, no doubt. And I was really doing it in the dark, you know, without without my family really fully understanding. I think mm. my mom knew because back then, you know, cell phones they weren't existent. Absolutely. So colleges that were recruiting you were there. They had to call your house. Mm. And so my 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 parent my mom was getting tired of the phone ringing like well, you know all these coaches calling here but the opportunity for me to take the the visit to Hawaii was was really where it was for me I'm like man I'm going to Hawaii I'm gonna take this this free yeah. trip get out to the <laughs> take island this trip yeah and I really was like you know I was young man I was a young mind I didn't really know what I was doing mm -hmm. I just staying stuff and I I did not think now mind you my boy name was Wendell Wendell Owens he could play he wasn't mm -hmm. a bum. The dude was nice, man. He was one of the best players in California, but he kind of slipped through the cracks with his recruiting. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had we had always kind of competed against. So when I threw it out there, I really didn't think they were going to bite on it. I was just like, shoot, man, you give my boy a scholarship, then then I'm I'm, I'm coming. And mm. I thought it was just kind of going to you know, throw him off the trail because they were pretty heavy. Yeah, you know, you know how the recruiting game is. They were heavy and strong. <laughs> nah, they they were like, well, look, let's let's let let us take a look at your friend. Sent him some film, and they ended up signing him first, man. Wow. And so, you know, my father being who he was when he got wind of it, you know, I tried to back out of it. I said, no, nah, I'm not. <laughs> you know, and again, that's probably that's probably one of the life lessons I look back now. Mm. It's one of the life lessons that kind of taught me a few things about just one trying to trying to say what you mean. Absolutely. Right. And mean what you say. Right. Mm. And so my, my father was just like, hey, listen, you gave this man your word. Mm. You're going to school there. Yeah. And it was a lesson, man, because <laughs> I, I, was, I was not planning for that. Yeah. And you know, my dad, you know, it just being who he was, man, he helped me to the fire and he mm. made me go to school there. And I think to this day, I still look at that as something that was that was it was instrumental in, in helping me just understand, like, Man, you just got to be careful what you say. You can't just say things off the cuff. And, and even when you do say things, you should have some meaning to it. Absolutely. Hey, Phil, how, how instrumental would you say that moment alone, like you said, mean what you say, say what you mean, and it made you cognizant of what you say and how you view situations. But how instrumental has that moment been just in your life moving forward, man, as a husband, as a father? as an assistant coach, right? Like I, I firmly believe certain moments birth several other moments in our lives with certain experiences. So how instrumental has that moment been just moving forward? Well, I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm far from perfect. Yeah. I make a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, and I think what it's tried to help me do is, is, is try to really treat people how I want to be treated. Hmm. And again, I've made plenty of mistakes, you know, done doing, you know, sometimes we do things and may not be, what we mean, Absolutely. but we, we might hurt somebody else, right? Or we might say something that doesn't carry the same amount of weight. So I, I really just tried to, I tried to be uh, as transparent as I can. Hmm. Uh, try to, again, just, just treat people with respect. I think really that's what it boils down to me is about respecting the people that are around you and, and again, treating people with the same respect that you want to be treated with. Hmm. And so I just tried, I try to apply that again, it's not always perfect, but I, I try to come from a place of, of uh, one, being organic, try to be as, as, as 
as very uh, authentic as I can with the people that are around me. And so I think that that just really ties into in, into what it taught me, and, and I try to carry it. Mm. Yeah, that's strong. Like, Phil, when I hear you speak, right, like I think in terms of just with the opportunity that you have as an assistant coach uh, in the NBA and the young men that you're working with, even though they're grown men, but, you know, they're younger than you, with your approach, like your <clears throat> mission and goal with them, I know it's different with different athletes, but when you approach these cats, just what's your thought process when you look at basketball and then you look at life? Man, basketball has always been the vehicle for me. So Absolutely. like before I became a coach in the, in the NBA, I think I started my training program and I was training all these kids from yeah. different backgrounds, diverse, some, some with many, some with not, some with no money, some from middle class, you know, all races. But the one common denominator for me was really teaching the kids how to have work ethic. Absolutely. Right. How does that work ethic apply to other areas of your life? Mm. You know, so if you can, if you can build that in the, in the sport of basketball and understand that, let me work on this craft. Let me really, when I step on the floor, let me work as hard as I can. And then you'll see the progress. Yeah. That starts to bleed into other parts of your life, right? Absolutely. If you want to put work in, whatever, I don't care what it is you want to do. If you put the work in, then you have an opportunity to be successful. And mm. I really just try to, to use that in terms of helping athletes figure out how you can be a better individual off the court as well. And Absolutely. so just when I'm with these NBA guys, man, it's really for me, going back to just helping them understand, look, as a coach, my only one, my only goal and, and objective for you is for you to be the best player that you can be right now. That's it. Mm. Every day when we come in, I don't want nothing else from you. Do your work. Be yeah. professional and work on your craft. And then the rest of it takes care of the rest of your life. So that's, mm. that's the approach I try to take with them. Yeah. And I think I found that the relationships, whether, whether it's Bron or Kobe or, or Kawhi or even, you know, the Alex Carew, whatever – Whatever, whoever it is, the relationships have always been built by what we do on the court first. Mm-hmm. Building the sweat equity through the work, right? And then they, then they, they naturally will, will understand who you are and, and get to see the look, man, all right, coach is just all about me just getting my work in. And then mm-hmm. the, the guards come down, right? And then you can, you can organically build relationships and, and build trust. Mm-hmm. I, just, I think those things become lifelong, man. It, and it just, you can't tear it down. No doubt, man. And so, like, you won a championship. You were with Cleveland. You was with Toronto, the Lakers, right? Like I always tell people, like it's one thing to win. It's a totally different thing to win in the midst of adversity. And so we had COVID. We had the pandemic, right? And you guys got it done in the midst of the bubble, in the midst of, you know, guys being away from their families. Like that's a different type of challenge. Like even looking at it from the outside, looking in, that's a different level of challenge. And so last year, facing the adversity that you guys face and the opposition that you face, like, what's some lessons that you pulled from that, Phil, with the run that you guys went on and, and you guys culminated it with the championship? Man, you played, you played football at a high level. Mm-hmm. So you know the energy that the fans generate for you, right? You Absolutely. walk out of that tunnel, you walk onto the field, you know, you got 60,000 people screaming, whatever. That energy, that just automatically just it gets you going. Man, being wow. in that bubble, there's no fans, <laughs> right? There was no fans. And so these dudes, I remember the very first game we played in the bubble, it was so quiet in there. Mm. And you could hear the dudes on the bench talking to guys on the court. You can hear dudes on the bench yelling at the refs. Uh, and so it instantly showed us that they're going to have to generate their, their own energy. 
Mm. And, man, the team that we had last year in the bubble between Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, Quinn Cook, you know, the J.R. Smith, guys that were on the bench, the energy that these dudes brought every day was unbelievable. Rondo, mm. you could you – could, teams at one point in the bubble, they did not like being on our end of the basket mm. because those dudes were down there and they were just barking, man. They were <laughs> – so it was, it was one of those things where – one, you know, again, not having your families, not having your comfort zone, not having your friends, not having the fans, you know, not being able to go through your normal game day routines. All of those things are stripped, stripped away from you. So you had to find another way to become mentally strong, mm. mentally tough. And then how do we generate energy as a team to where we pull together to get ourselves going? And it's, uh, it's one of those things. Like I, when we went into the bubble, I, I kind of said – the team that has the strongest mental fortitude mm. is going to be a good winner. Yeah, you got to have some talent, but absolutely being in there, it just you know some dudes wanted to go home. Some mm. dudes were they were ready to get back to their family. So whoever was able to lock in for the longest mentally, mixed in with the talent that you have, absolutely, you know that that team was going to win. And, and I'm telling you, our guys, you know, between Frank and the coaching staff and what we were able to pull off, man, it was. It was uh, that was special. I mean, not what you wanted, but but yeah. to be able to come out there as the champion, uh, it's no better feeling. I'd rather that than than you know coming out of there not being the champion. That was my mindset. Yeah, man, and I think that's a great lesson for life, right? Like you go through <clears throat> situations, you go through circumstances, you placed in uncomfortable environments, and you got to have a level of mental fortitude to persevere and get it done. And so, looking at that, that was a testament to inspire the world with what people were dealing with. But one of the last questions I want to ask you, Phil, like you've been around a lot of players, man, great players that get airtime, great players that don't get as much airtime, right? Been around the LeBron, Kawhi, Kobe, you know, Kyrie. You've been around all these guys and you've seen guys that play the background that get it done. Like I tell people all the time, you could see a play get made on a football field and me as a former cornerback, you could see me making a play, but actually I didn't make the play. It was a guy in the front seven that did something that helped me make the play that don't right. get no attention. And so right. these guys that you see, man, what's the one thing that you would say they have in common, right? These greats that you see and you see how they work and we see them on television, but you've been blessed to be in an environment and work with them. What's something that you would say a little thread that you've seen, like, oh, they all got this, even if it's in well, their own little way. Man, you have to have the ability to, to have a high work ethic. Absolutely. And I don't care, right? You can have the talent. We, you've seen it. You've seen mm -hmm. talented athletes that don't work hard, yep. right? But when you're talented and you have a desire to outwork most guys that are standing next to you, yeah. if not everyone that's standing next to you, you're going to elevate. And that's one thing that all of those dudes have, man. And I'm talking about understanding how to work hard and work smart, right? Absolutely. Not the hard part, but how do you be efficient with your work? They have it. Mm. That is a company. They're not lazy. You know, and people don't really understand what that means. Like, you can't be lazy and be successful. I don't care what, mm. you know, any walk of life, right? You have to have some kind of work ethic. So the common denominator between those guys, one, their work ethic is very high. Two, they're supremely confident. No doubt. Like they, no doubt. They, believe, they believe in themselves even in the darkest moments. And mm. the work that they put in, they trust it. Mm. Right? We talk about people trusting your work. You know, I don't think people really understand how simple of an equation that is. 
when you put the work in, you can build confidence and you can trust it. Yeah. And those dudes, man, they, they trust the work that they put in and, and it shows when they step on the floor and perform on a night in and night out basis. But and to, to your point, though, Inc., they also have great guys around them. Their mm-hmm. teammates are great supporters of what they do and they and they work hard to help those guys be successful as well. So, you know, the, the surrounding pieces are just as important as the as, like you said, the one guy that gets all the attention. Absolutely. Feel like. With, with all the things that are going on in the world, man, like we saw it out in L.A. They had to shut the city down. You know, with the pandemic stuff is opening up back right now. But a lot of people, man, facing challenging times that they can't control, you know, going through things that they didn't warrant. And I always just ask people, man, what's some words, what's some insight that you would just give to the world? Just a source of encouragement as we close it out, man, to keep people going. Man, I started, uh, I started this brand couple years ago called be your own goat yes yeah, to me what that what that means i think Inc., is like simple right you know we mm. we walk around in this world and and the the high level entertainers the high level athletes they get idolized you know people look up to them yeah. i've tried to draw inspiration from them to apply to my own life mm. not to be like them right but Damn. i want to take pieces from them and say man okay that's inspired me how can i how can i trigger that into my own life and wake up every day and try to find my own greatness. Mm. I want to find my own greatness, right? And I don't yeah. care what you are. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, a school teacher, a bus driver, whatever that is, if that's what you're deciding to do, why not move towards it? Yeah. Why not move towards it with a purpose and say, man, I'm going to kill this today, yeah. right? These kids get on my bus, they're going to have the greatest experience on my bus when they leave the bus. Mm. So having that mindset of just everybody – it walks around this earth, man. There's there's a certain level of greatness that we can all reach. I don't care what what part of your life is. We just we have to change our mindset and move to that every day to say, man, I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna try to be great at what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think if people really really try to apply that, I think just the vibes, right? The energy, absolutely. You know, and, and it's not that's not an easy thing, Inc. But I think if we change our perspective sometimes, man, on what's going on in our lives. I think we'll, our results will be a little better on a daily basis. I love that, man. Be your own goat, baby. I got to send you some stuff, fam. That's you got to drop me the address, man, so I can, I can send you a box, man, because all the stuff you're doing, Inc., like I'm telling you, bro, when I first watched one of your your episodes, Inc., man, I was, I was inspired, man, just Thank by you, your man. message. And you talked about your story with Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, like real talk, man. Like, it give me chills. And, 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 and mm-hmm. I'm the type of dude, man. As I'm, as I'm really striving for greatness, I want to learn from people. I want to draw from people. So I'm searching for knowledge and and looking at other people that are doing doing great things. Say, man, how can I learn from them? How can... So, man, it's it's a it's an absolute pleasure to be able to link up with you, man. Nah, man, it's a pleasure. And you know, I agree. I got the same sentiments, man. I started this because I love learning, but also. I want to provide value to the world from people that I think can provide great value, man. And so from my heart, man, I greatly appreciate your time. I know you're busy. I greatly appreciate it, man. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your insight. Please thank your family on my behalf. And no I doubt. wish you nothing but the best, my brother. Blessings, man. Thank you so much. Same to you, Inc. Appreciate you, fam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.